Well, I know it's been said a couple of times already, but I want to say it as well. I don't want to be left out. Welcome to Northridge. So glad that you guys are here. I know some of you, several of you are here for the very first time. So I just want to say very specifically, thank you for coming. Thank you for checking us out today. We're so glad that you're here. We hope that you feel completely welcome here and comfortable here and just an opportunity for you to seek after God uh, with the rest of us. And that's what we're here to do. Um, I just wanted to start by asking you a very serious, very spiritual, very theological question this morning. This is a question that can shake the foundations of the earth. And I just want to start by asking you this question. Are you ready for this question? Here's the question. Are you a chameleon or a parrot? I had you going this morning. You thought it was going to be deep, didn't you? (laughs) Are you a chameleon or are you a parrot? As you mull that over that very deep theological question this morning, uh, let me just introduce you to our series that we're currently in. The series that we're currently in is called Parable, Small Story, Big Idea. Small Story, Big Idea. Uh, What we're really taking is Jesus said... Uh, Almost 50 different parables, or in other words, short stories or illustrations. 50, almost 50 is like 46 or something like that. And we're taking six of them and we are unpacking these short stories or short illustrations that Jesus himself said that are very short. They're very small, but they have huge implications for our lives, huge principles, huge ideas. And so today we're talking about something that is called the lamp. And uh, this illustration is called The Lamp, and Jesus told this. And uh, just to set this up real quick, um, The Lamp was actually told, these three verses were told, in the midst of a sermon. A sermon that Jesus gave, Jesus preached, and yes, by the way, Jesus did preach sermons, believe it or not. Jesus preached a sermon, and it's, a, it's probably his most famous sermon. It's called The Sermon on the Mount. And you know why we call it that? Because he preached it on a mountain. Talk about creative when the people put together and try to organize the Bible. Wow. We're going to call it the Sermon on the Mount because he preached it from a mountain. Very good. That literally took, I'm sure, weeks of brainstorming um, to come up with that one. But the Sermon on the Mount is where he preaches this. And, and in the middle of this, again, he's preaching to his disciples and to a whole group of people that have gathered. And he's telling principles that he wants people to understand, to pick up uh, about life and about how they are supposed to live. And so Jesus goes into this, and understand this isn't contained within a sermon, and we're going to take three verses. So understand, this is little, this is like a, 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 about 30 seconds or 45 seconds of a huge sermon that Jesus is giving. So this is one little thing. You know how I preach, like, and I spend like you know, 35 minutes? Jesus, we can only preach from like 30 seconds of his sermons because they're so packed with truth. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to take out three verses, and we're going to unpack it. So let's take a look at this Uh, These three verses, understand this contained within a sermon. Matthew chapter 5 is where we're going to be. Matthew chapter 5. If you'd like to follow along, I'll have it on the screen in a minute. But go ahead and turn there. If you like the Bible app, do that. I kind of prefer on the phone, but whatever you want to do. Matthew chapter 5. All right, starting with verse 14. This is what Jesus preaches. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp. And then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. 
In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Okay. Now understand, remember, that these three verses were ripping them right out of a sermon that Jesus is preaching, right? This is a small little piece that Jesus is talking about in the midst of this grand sermon that lasts for about three chapters, okay? So this is what we're talking about, and he's preaching to a crowd of people and telling them these principles. Now, before we get really into these verses, there are two realities that we really have to understand in order to understand what Jesus just said. There are two things that we really must know before we really break down what Jesus said in those three verses. We're going to go through those three verses in order and just kind of break it down. But before we do that, there's a couple of things that we should learn. First of all, Jesus is the source of light. That may not seem like that's really important, but it is critically important to understand. Jesus is the source of all light. Okay, now, understand, this is not the source of, like, physical light. We kind of know where that comes from, right? Right, that comes from this big sphere of burning gas uh, that we revolve around, and it kind of makes it cold at this time of year for us in Wisconsin. Right, and in the summer, it gets a little bit warmer, right? And we call it, like, almost summer. Okay, so that's the sun. The sun gives physical light. That's great. But we're talking about a different kind of light. We're talking about spiritual light, a more powerful light than any physical or visible light that you can see. This is spiritual light that Jesus is talking about. And Jesus is the source of all spiritual light. He gives off all this light. And this is important to understand. Um, In fact, Jesus in John chapter 8, verse 12, it's a completely different part of the Bible where he's talking to some completely different people in the temple. This is what he says. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. This is not physical light. This is spiritual light. The kind of light that leads to life. Okay, so that's what Jesus literally is. He's the source of light. Um, So understand that when we are light, when we are presenting the light of Jesus, when we are reflecting Jesus, that's what we're doing. We're reflecting His love. We're reflecting His light. It's kind of like the moon, right? When you see the moon at night, that moon is not giving off the light, is it? It's the, the, the moon does not actually shine. It simply reflects a different light. It reflects the light that is coming from the sun. We're doing the same thing. We are simply reflecting the light of the sun. Not S-U-N, but S-O-N, the Son of God, Jesus. This is really important to understand. Jesus is the source of light, and we reflect and shine that light to all other people. Okay, the second reality is this. This kind of light gets rid of darkness. This kind of light that we're talking about gets rid of darkness. A different kind of darkness, doesn't it? This kind of light literally casts out. It dispels evil. It dispels greed. It dispels selfishness, pride. Anything that is just kind of ugly and nasty and creates a situation where people are mean to other people or, or any situation that you know is not a good thing in life, this kind of light that we're talking about, it dispels that. Think about like a, you know, when you walk into a bedroom and it's completely dark at night. I mean, there's no moon, there's no stars, it's cloudy, and there's no lights on, and you can't even see anything. It's kind of that dark. And if you go in and you put a little nightlight in, what does that do to the room? It can be little, but that little bit of light completely can take away a lot of darkness, can it? 
just that one little nightlight, you can actually see stuff. Now, no, it's not going to be like daytime, but that little bit of light can dispel a lot of darkness. That is how this works, spiritually speaking. Light can literally cast out, can get rid of darkness, evil, sin, anything you put in there. Any darkness, this light can get rid of that. So those two realities are important. Jesus is the source of all light. And light, that, sound, that source, that power, can get rid of all darkness. Okay. So, understanding those two realities, let's jump in and let's dig into these three verses and see what they really have to say. Because, I don't know about you, but Jesus starts talking about light and lamps and all kind of stuff. And we're like, what does this mean? Right? What does this mean? So let's talk about it. Go back to verse 14, the very first one. Jesus says, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. So if I said Jesus is the source of light, and then he just now says, You, you and I, people, are the light of the world, how do we reconcile with that? Well, what that literally means is, Jesus is saying, You are the physical representation of me to the world. You and I, us as people, the church. Remember, when we talk about the church, it's not a building. It is not an hour on a Sunday. When we say the church, we're talking about you guys and me, people. The church is mobile. The church is constantly just people. It's not a building. It's not an organization. It's not, um, it's not an hour on a Sunday. When Jesus talks about it, he says, you are the light of the world. He's saying you, literally you and me All of us, if we are followers of Jesus, we are the light of the world. That's what he's talking about. So we reflect the light of Jesus because we are followers of him, of Jesus Christ. So that's what he's talking about with that. Put another way, have you ever heard this? Maybe you've heard Jesus has said this, and this says this in the Bible several times. You and I are the hands and feet of Jesus. Have you heard of that? We hear songs on the radio about that, that we are the hands and feet of Jesus. This is really saying kind of the same thing. We are the physical representation of who Jesus wants to be and is to all people in the world. You and I, that's what our main task in life is. Believe it or not, if you want to see purpose in life, if you're wondering what purpose in life is, the Bible tells us that number one thing is to be light, the light of Jesus to everybody. That is our main purpose in life. Everything filters through that. So that's what Jesus is talking about. Now, that's the first part. He says, you are the light of the world. What does he say in the second part? He says, the second part, you are a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Right? He says, you are a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. What is that talking about? Um, When I had the opportunity, I had an opportunity to go across the Atlantic Ocean. This is many years ago. uh, To Edinburgh, Scotland. And when I went to Edinburgh... Uh, By the way, one of my most favorite cities to visit. Awesome. Really cool place. Um, But right in the middle, I remember uh, a couple of days that we were there, I went out late at night with a few of the friends, and we were just walking the streets, just kind of enjoying being in Scotland. You know, I was like, we're in Scotland. (laughs) This is really cool. And so we were just walking the streets of, of Edinburgh, and there's a lot of cool things, actually stories and things like that, people that we met as we were just walking the streets. But one of the things that I remember, always will remember, is looking to the center of the city, and in the center of the city is this huge fortress, this huge castle. And, and at night, what they would do is they had these massive spotlights somewhere. I don't know where they were. But these massive spotlights that would shine up in the walls and on the towers. 
You can kind of see a picture of it. This is kind of what it looks like. And understand, this is at the very top of the city. Okay? This is at the very top of Edinburgh. And you see, and what you could do is you could walk around anywhere in the city and you could see the light. Anywhere you were in the city, you could see that. In fact, anywhere in the region, because this is sitting on top of an, actually an old extinct volcano, is what it is. They hope it is extinct, I, I suppose. Okay? But it's literally built on top of this huge set of cliffs. Very impressive. Amazing. Okay, but at night, you can see the city, you can see these lights from anywhere in the region. It's strategically located so that everybody can see it and kind of be impressed by it, which I was. I was like, that's impressive. And this is what Jesus is talking about. That you and I are strategically located (laughs) to be the light that shines so that everybody can see it. You and I are strategically located so that everybody can see the light of Jesus in us. Okay, let's let's unpack this for just a minute because this is extremely important. Think about it this way. Think about the season of life that you're in right now. Some of you cringe because it's not a good season. Some of you are like, yeah, because it's a great season. Some of you are just like, I don't know what season I'm in. <laughs> Thanks for telling me, but I don't. I have no idea. You tell me. <laughs> Think about the season of life you're in. The season of life that God has you in right now is perfectly suited for you to connect with a certain type and a certain group and a certain set of people, isn't it? Think about it. If you have children, who are you constantly interacting with? Other families who have children because you're going to t-ball and you're going to soccer and you're going to piano lessons and you're going to 117 other things that our American culture says, do it. It's awesome. Try this. They're going to be well-rounded, right? So go to everything, right? I feel that way. I'm like, how many things do we have this week? Are you kidding me right now? I'm already tired. We haven't even started, you know? And this is what we do. But this this is a season of life. And so you connect with a certain group of people. You are strategically located to connect with certain types of people. If you're retired, maybe you have a certain group of people that you specifically can connect with. Maybe you have more time, maybe because you're retired, to be able to give back and to do some certain things that you've never been able to do before. You are strategically located and present in your season of life to be able to cast light to people all over the place. And you're perfectly suited for those people. The question is, who is that for you? Let's take this another, a little bit different practical step. I want you to think right now. I want you to get in your mind. This is going to drive some of you crazy because you're like, it's Sunday. I don't want to do this. But I want you to get in your mind where you work. I want you to think about the chair. I want you to think about the desk. I want you to think about the office. I want you to think about the building. I want you to think about your company. I want you to think about the people that you're with. Starting tomorrow, all the way through Friday, Saturday, whatever it is. Whatever shifts you work, it doesn't matter. I want you to think about it. Get in your mind. Jesus has specifically and strategically placed you in that realm to be strategic light to a very specific group of people, hasn't he? Okay, let me, let me put it this way. That, what you got in your mind just now, you are there to be light, the light of Jesus to a group of people that me, I, will never be able to be great light to. Not because I don't want to be, just because I'm not in that world. I don't sit at your desk. I'm not in that company. If I started walking in and be like, I'm here to be light of Jesus, they'd be like, somebody call security. 
right? They're like, tackle him, get him. I don't know what he's going to do next, right? The reason is it would be weird for me to walk in. It's not weird for you to be the light of Jesus, though, because they know you. It's your desk. It's your office. It's your building. It's your company. You are perfectly and strategically located in that place, in that situation, to be the light of Jesus to everybody that's around you at that time. You have a unique opportunity. Think about it this way. This, it goes this deep. You actually have the possibility of being the light to Jesus to a group of people that nobody else on planet Earth has the opportunity to have impact and influence on. Literally. Isn't that cool? You, literally, above all other people on the planet Earth, have a group of people that you have the opportunity to impact and influence above all else. Above anybody else. Nobody else has that opportunity because of where God has placed you. Isn't that cool? Kind of scary? Like, kind of a weight? You're like, oh, that's a big responsibility. Yes, it is. (laughs) This is exactly what Jesus is talking about. Be light. You're a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Let me ask you this question. I hope this rocks your world. Have you ever thought that maybe you're in the position, you're in the job, you're in the neighborhood, you're in the community, you're in the family that you're in, you're in the position you're in, you're in the things that you're in, not because it's best for you, but because it's best for everybody else around you. Now, there's a not American idea. Is it possible that you're in that place not because it's best for you, but it's because it's best for everybody else around you to be light to them? Is it possible? Next verse. That was one verse. (laughs) Jesus packs a lot of truth in, I'm telling you. Verse 15. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Okay. Let's talk about this for a minute. Okay, Jesus is literally, when he is preaching, remember, he's preaching to people 2,000 years ago. And so when Jesus is talking about this, he's saying, he's really simply giving them a warning. He give, he's giving them a danger. Now, he says, okay, if you believe in me, Jesus says, if you're going to be a follower of Jesus, if you're going to be a Christian, then one of the aspects is you're going to be tempted to hide your light. You're going to be tempted to hide who you are. And Jesus is saying, don't do that. Don't hide your light. Now, when Jesus talks about a lamp, you and I, we think of lamp. We, you know, we think of like a normal lamp. This is not what Jesus, and this is not what the, what the people would have been visioning. Okay, this is the kind of lamp that they would have been talking about. This is an olive oil lamp. When Jesus was talking about this, this is an olive oil lamp found from the time of Jesus in Israel. Okay, they would pour olive oil in there because it was inexpensive. There was tons of it. And they poured in there, and they have a little wick that would dip into the oil. And then they would light it, and that thing would burn for several hours. This was the light that they had in their homes. Okay, this is how they did it. Okay, so this is what people were envisioning when Jesus was talking. Okay, when Jesus said lamp, they weren't thinking of like plugs and turn on the switch and little clap, clapper, you know, whatever. That's not what they had in mind, you know, although that would have been cool. Olive oil clapper, you know, woo! Awesome. It's a great idea. 
All right? And we have all this, but this is what the people would have envisioned. This is not what would he. So let's take this modern day. Okay, what Jesus would have said, maybe, if he was preaching in a village center or something like that, um, he would have said, you know, there's, there's a house and it's dark. And, and, you, and if it's dark and everybody's stumbling around the furniture and, and, you know, stubbing their toe on Legos and everything like that, then you would light a lamp and you'd put it on a stand and you'd give light to everyone in the house so they wouldn't trip over everybody. Right? And you'd turn it on. Right? Woo! Base, you know, baseball lamp. You know where I got that, right? It sits next to my bed. Totally kidding. It sits in our closet right now. Um, th- this, this lamp, this is what Jesus is talking about. There's a light, and you light it up, and it gives light to the entire house, to everybody in the house, in the region, in the area. And Jesus says, well, you, wouldn't, like, you wouldn't like turn on the lamp and then go, wow, that light is so nice. Let's cover it up. Oh, that's beautiful. Right? Let's turn the lamp on so everybody can see, and then let's cover it up so we can't see again. It'll be great. Jesus is saying it doesn't make any sense. Don't do that. Don't hide your light. You don't, you don't light a lamp and then put a basket over it or a red toy bucket. You don't do that, right? Jesus is saying, come on, don't hide your light. The light is there for a reason. I've given you this light for a very powerful reason. It can dispel darkness, but you can't hide it. It can't dispel darkness if you cover it up. It's just not going to work. Jesus is obviously saying this is just kind of a warning. So here's just a quick thought in your workplace, in your family, in your neighborhood, in your community. There are opportunities that come. Don't tell me there aren't because I know there are because I know what God does to me on a daily basis. And there's opportunities come and somebody gives you a call. Somebody texts you. A coworker comes up and does their usual thing, whatever that is, that makes you go, uh, uh. I don't know what it is, but it makes you go, uh, right? It does. I, I know. And, and you think, why is this happening? Why do they come here all the time? Why do they want to talk to me right when I'm ready to do the most important part of my day? Perhaps... God is providing an opportunity for you to be light. Maybe. Just possibly. God is giving the opportunity for you not to cover your lamp, but to let it shine before everybody out there. Okay. Last verse. Verse 16. Jesus just said, put the lamp on a stand so everybody can see it. That's what he just finished saying. Put the lamp on a stand. Let everybody in the house see it. Then this is what he follows up with. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Okay. First things first, I want to talk about the very end of that verse. What does it say? So that everyone will praise what? Your heavenly Father. This is very important. We do good deeds not to trumpet ourselves. Not to make ourselves look good. Not to point others to us, but to point others to Jesus. Yes? This is what God, this is what Jesus is talking about. We do, we let our good deeds shine out before others because he says you should point others to the source of the light. (laughs) 
Let others see your good deeds so that they will praise God, that they will give glory to Jesus for the light that he has given to you. So that's really important. We need to make sure what what is our motivation for doing good deeds? Is it to get the cameras going? Right? I know a few celebrities who tend to do this. Right? I'm going to give $10 million. Where's the camera crew? Okay, now I'm ready to give it. Photo op. Right? Let's not do our good deeds so that everybody goes, Wow, you're awesome. But God, you're awesome. Our good deeds should point to the source of light. But then the second thing is, how do we show the light of Jesus? I don't know about you. Have you ever wondered, what does it mean to be the light of Jesus? Maybe you've been wondering that all morning. You're like, okay, we're supposed to be the light. I don't know what that means because I'm not a lamp. Right? (laughs) So what are you talking about? Have you ever wondered that? Like, okay, we're supposed to be the light of Jesus. (laughs) Okay, so what does that mean? Right? It's a good question. Well, this verse tells us, you are light by letting your good deeds shine. You're letting your good deeds know for all people. But what does that mean? It means literally everything we do, your words, how you talk to your coworkers, how you talk about your coworkers. By the way, that's, that's both. How you talk to your coworkers and how you talk about your coworkers. How you talk to your family, how you talk about your family. How you talk about all these things, your words, your actions, how you actually treat people. You can say, I love you till you're blue in the face, but if you never show them that you love them, I'm not sure if it sinks in. What do we do? What's our action? How do we live? All of these things, this is what Jesus is talking about. How do you live your life in front of other people and for other people? That is how you will show light. That is how they will, you will either prove my love. Remember that song, Proof of Your Love? The proof of your love or the evidence of your love. How, do we, how are we going to let people know that? By our actions toward them. If we say, I love Jesus, and then we throw them down to somebody else behind their back and gossip... Is that going to show them the light of Jesus? I think not. Right? They're they're not going to believe in Jesus. They're not going to want anything to do with that. And so this is what it's talking about. So what I want to do is, for the last just couple of minutes here, I want to get really practical this morning and talk about this. Yeah, it's getting kind of warm. We're okay. I want to get really, really practical. And I'm going to throw these out there, not because these are the best ideas, Not by any means, in fact. In fact, my guess is Jesus has asked you to do some of these things, I'll bet. I would guess that he has. He's prompted you to do some of these things that I'm about to share. But I also would guess that Jesus has prompted you to do different things that are totally not this. And that's okay, too. The key is to be open, to be light, and not cover it up with a bucket when Jesus presents the opportunity. So here's just a couple of possibilities. This one rocked me a little bit this week. Actually, I wasn't planning on this one. Did you guys uh, see the story out there about the six-year-old boy that invited, his mom invited his entire class to a birthday party, and because the boy was a little bit different, nobody showed up? Six-year-old. Six years old. Invited the entire class, 16, I think it was 16 students. Not a single person showed up. Not a single kid or parent. Here's my, here's my thought. The reason that rocked me, it made me cry this week. I was like, you kidding me? 
Oh, and it, you know what it also did? It made me mad. It made me really mad. Perhaps, think about this. I want you to think about a situation where you were invited by somebody that's slightly awkward and you didn't want to go. You didn't want to go to the party or whatever it was. Maybe it was a little kid. Maybe it wasn't. But you, let's say it was this situation and you're invited and you know probably very few if nobody's going to show up and you decide, you know what, I'm going to take my child and I'm going to stay too just because I should be there and I should be the example. And I'm going to do this. And why would you do that? To be light. And I know why we wouldn't do it, because it's awkward as I'll get out. I mean, if you show up, if you're the only kid with the only other kid at that birthday party, right? And it's like, this is about as awkward as it gets. That's why nobody showed up. We know that, right? We know that that's the truth. They just didn't want to be in an awkward situation. Are you kidding me? Share the light, right? Think about those situations where you know you've been invited to something or somebody said, hey, would you be willing to come and this, that, and the other. And you're like, uh, you cringe. And you're like, I don't think anybody's going to do that, but they're not going to tell them that. What if being light is you actually show up and you show up with bells and whistles on and you come with the most extravagant gift just because you know it's probably the right thing to do? That could be showing light, couldn't it? How do you, would, would, what, how would that have made that kid feel if one of his buddies showed up? Just one. Do you think that would have changed the situation? Would have changed the light? Potentially. Here's another thought. Maybe um, being light is in your workplace. Going back to your job, your workplace. What if being light meant you have made a very specific and intentional decision that every time you go to work, whatever that workplace is, office, uh, school, doesn't matter, whatever, you work outside, construction site, doesn't matter. Okay, when you go to the, that position of work, what if being light was that you went in with the intentional desire and decision and commitment to simply be positive all the way throughout? I didn't say cheesy, <laughs> and I didn't say fake. Okay? I'm not mean like dance around and be like, I love this place. Work is awesome. This company is the best ever, you know, whatever. I'm not saying being fake and cheesy. I'm saying be positive. Simply find whatever the positive, even if it's a pebble, (laughs) that's positive where you work. It might be very little, but find it and focus on it. And so when you hit the lunchroom, when you hit the water cooler, when you hit lunch break, and those same two or three or four people that you go to lunch with most of the time, most every day, or they come and talk to you during your lunch break or whatever it is, and instead of bashing the boss, instead of bashing your coworkers, instead of bashing the projects that we constantly have to do, instead of that, maybe you decide to be light. And you say, let's just talk about something different. Let's talk about football. Let's talk about something else that's... You know, we're fine with. Could you change the environment? Could you be light in a dark place? Yes. Maybe it's simply being intentional with who, you know, you're around. I've had some interesting conversations with my seven-year-old son lately, and he's been talking to me about people who are overlooked. I started talking to him about a couple of people that maybe we should... We were talking the other night about saying thank you and, and just being generous and being uh, encouraging to people in general, you know, especially when they do something for you, but just, just in general. And, and, Jesus, and, and we were talking about Jesus and how this works in. And, and then Jackson comes in and he says, you know, they're probably overlooked, aren't they? Huh, seven-year-old? Are you kidding me right now? 
healing me. And I said, yeah, yeah, actually, they, they probably are overlooked. Think about those people in your sphere of influence, in your life, the people that you know, you and I know, they mostly, the only time they get attention from people is when something goes wrong and they, somebody needs to complain to them. Think about those people. What could you do for them in their life? Could you be light to them? Uh, I've done this. This is just, I'm not suggesting you do this, but I've just started doing this in the last few months. The person that takes your money at the cash register at a, at a store or, or a gas station or anything like that, uh, I've started to do this, and, and, it's, and I enjoy this because I just love people. I really do. This is part of and, and, and I'll, I'll look while they're kind of, we're doing the money exchange, and I, you know, they're, they're scanning the item and everything. I'll just look at them in the eye, and I'll say, hey, how are you doing today? How's your day? You know what I found? They never get that. Because you know what they do? They look up with a blank stare, like, I don't know what to say right now. But you know what else I usually see in their eye? Not all the time. Sometimes they're just like, please stop talking to me. <laughs> I get that, you know. It's like, I get that, and I'm like, very good. Have a great day. And <laughs> you know, and onward we go. <laughs> Moving on. Right? But sometimes, most of the time, what I see is I see some glimmer of hope in their day. I see their countenance change just slightly. Not really that's something that they're like, boom, you know, happy clown smile. But it's like something changes. Because they, when I ask them, by the way, don't ask them and just be like, la, la, la. Ask them and I'm looking at them and then they see that I'm actually asking them. And that I actually am waiting for an answer. That somebody really maybe wants to know, potentially, how their day is? <sighs> Can you imagine you would actually... Do you think that that would change their day? I promise you it would. Most of the time, I can almost guarantee it's going to at least brighten their day just a bit. Be the light of Jesus to everyone in your sphere of influence, in your circle. One last idea, and then we're going to wrap it up. Maybe when you're at a restaurant, maybe decide for whatever reason that you're going to give an extra large tip to the waiter or waitress. And think about doing this, especially when the table next to you has put them through the meat grinder. Have you ever seen that happen? I've never. Oh, wait, I see that just about every time I go to a restaurant. When you know somebody's been putting them through the meat, maybe it was your table that put them through the meat grinder. Especially do it then. Um, change the light. All right? But leave an extra large tip. But... But then, then don't just leave it there. Maybe just write a quick note and just say, hey, appreciate you, did a great job, or have a, I hope your night gets awesome from here. You deserve it. Have a great night. Have a great day. Whatever. Nothing simple, nothing creepy, nothing like, call me. <laughs> some of you are like, hey, this is a way to find some new people. <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose you can try that. But the point is to cast light. <laughs> right? Just a quick note, just to say, hey, we noticed you. And try to remember their name, by the way. Call them by name. Say, hey, you did a great job. Thanks. Just appreciate it. Hope your day's awesome from here. Would that not change their day? Would that not bring light into potentially a very dark... I don't know if their day is full of light. Well, that's good. I just added a little more light. If it's a really bad day, if it's a dark day... You know what? We've given a little nightlight in there. And you know what that will give them? It'll, it's something that we like to call hope. Right? 
Jesus is talking about we, you and I, we can impact the world with our light, but we have to allow the light to shine. We have to allow it. We have to let it go out. So I asked you a question at the beginning of the message. And I said it was deep and spiritual and theological. And to be honest, it is. Because when it comes to your faith, when it comes to your relationship with Jesus, when it comes to shining the light of Jesus out to everyone around you, I want to ask you one more time. Would you be more like a chameleon or a parrot? Are you rather, would you rather hide your faith? Would you rather hide it from people, not let them know that you have the light of Jesus? Or would you be more willing to be a parrot that allows your light to shine and say, listen, this is the power that I have inside of me. I would love you to experience it. And this is just how, I'm just going to show you love because that's how I'm going to do it. In terms of your faith, are you more of a chameleon or a parrot? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for giving us light. Lord, I thank you for the light that is way beyond physical light. Lord, I thank you for giving us the kind of power, the ability to shine through the darkness. That these things that we hear in the news, that these things that we read on Facebook, that these negative things that people do or don't do, God, that we could actually change that for people in our sphere of influence, in our workplace, in our family, in our neighborhood, in our community, But Lord, in order to do that, help us to let the light of you, let the light of Jesus shine and shine brightly. God, we thank you for the opportunity to do that. God, you have have blessed us with incredible opportunity to be the light, but it's also incredible responsibility. Help us, Lord, to take that and run with it and to shine brightly to everybody that is in our sphere of influence. Pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.